Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me for the first time ever is one Thomas P. Dory. Yeah, man. Thank you. Wow. Look at the audience. It's all excited. That's right. That's wow. right. Victor didn't show up again, so I had to call 1-800-SIDEKICKS, <laughs> and they sent Tom Dory in. Right? I was like the sixth guy in line, I'm That's sure. That's right. I don't know. They sent you, so they must have been in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they reached the bottom. That's right. Well, I'm glad to have you. For those that are listening, uh, Tom Dorian is a co-host on the Catholic Cafe with Deacon Jeff Drzezinski, and uh, it's on every podcast channel you can imagine, and on EWTN as well. And, and you got the Sergeant Arms for the uh, John Edwards uh, fan club. That is, that's right. Yeah. Well, since there was only one and nobody else wanted the job, you know, it was, <laughs> thank you for stepping up and doing that. You're welcome, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's an honor to have you here, and, and you know, you and I were talking earlier today, Tom and I are in the same Crescio group with Deacon Jeff and a couple other people, and uh, Tom's really close to me in my life as Deacon Jeff and, and, and Victor and these guys are. Um, and we talk about a lot of things, a lot of serious things that, that men deal with. And one that, you know, I read a passage a couple of weeks ago in the daily readings and, and uh, you and I were talking about it this morning a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the topic came up about doubt. Right. You know, whenever you bring up doubt, people think I'm doubting the faith. Or I'm talking about doubting that there's, you know, an, a God that actually exists and mm-hmm. Christianity is real and all that. That's not so much what we were talking about. We were talking more about doubting that God loves me right. and doubting my own worth and mm-hmm. my own importance to you know, anyone. And there's a lot of people in the world, we see this all the time with, with people committing suicide and, and these mass school shootings. And you know, a lot of these things people, they attribute to loneliness and thinking that no one cares about them and they've had enough, they feel alone. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit today. You and I were, were covering that this morning in our conversation and just, doubting your own worth and where we go from there yep sounds good <laughs> so you gotta say more than yeah this isn't the catholic cafe you have to say more than yes no, or, it sounds oh, good sure. i think that i think well your doubt gets into hopelessness is where you're heading with all that yeah and you don't want to go that far with it you right know, jesus really does love us and you're going to read some stuff that's going to show that i am that. i'm going to i'm going to bring up a few things and you know we've <laughs> talked about it on the show before i know you listen so you probably heard victor and i talk about this but the lies we tell ourselves right one of the things that that we do tell ourselves is that we're not loved Right. You know, uh, I remember when my mother passed away. I remember being very, very angry at God and just, yeah. you know, mad. It just did not want anything to do with him. And, you know, I hate you. And I, if you loved me, you wouldn't have done this to me. And right. and it becomes all of this, you know, you, I no longer matter to you because you wouldn't have done this to me. Right. And that's a dangerous place to be because you're, you're misunderstanding the events of life and the way things happen and, and, and suffering and all of that. Right. Um, but God always loves us. And, and the thing that brought me to this this whole topic was i told you i was reading i don't know it was the daily readings about a month and a half ago but it's john's version of the prayer of jesus before he's arrested okay if you look in the other gospels you've got you know matthew mark and, and luke it's it's the prayer that we all know lord let this cup pass from me but john's take on the prayer is a little different it's mm-hmm. it's jesus and it's this whole chapter that's one prayer to the father mm-hmm. and the whole thing is what he's asking that it's you know, the time, the hour has come. Give glory to your son. All of that. Um, but what I want to draw our attention to is the fact 
that you know in, in scriptures we see Jesus going off to pray so many times he goes up the mountain or he's coming back from praying or mm-hmm. he goes off to a deserted place and and most people if you if you're like me you've been worrying what was he praying about all the time what was he you know it never says well this time and if you're like us you're thinking he's talking about himself yeah that's right like yeah. he's, he's talking to himself and odds are he's not right yeah and so on this prayer right here this tells you in the most important period of his life, like right here at the moment before he's going to die. Mm-hmm. He's God. He knows what's fixing to happen, the beatings, the torture, the crucifixion, all of this. And so you would think in, in our human ways of thinking, I'm praying to get out of this, oh, right? Yeah. Like I, there's got to be another way, right? God, right. come on. Like you're, you and I are God. Are we going to do snap our fingers? Is, it, is this the only way? Right. Let Peter do it. Let John do it, you know? Right. Whatever. Let this, you know, cup pass for me, like he says. But in this part... It really, and I'm going to read for a second, so bear with me, but it really tells you where Jesus' heart was in this moment. He says, I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belong to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave me I have given to them, and they've accepted them, and truly understand that I come from you, and that they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but, but for the ones you have given me, because they are yours. And everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine. And I have glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world while I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one. Then he goes on to say, When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them were lost except the son of destruction. He's talking about Judas. In order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. And he, he goes on to say, to ask him, please keep them from the evil one while I'm gone, while I'm coming to you, Father. Then he switches to us. Mm-hmm. He says, I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one as you, Father, and are in me and I in you, and they may also be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. He says that he wants that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am, they also may be uh, with me and that they may see my glory that you gave me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll read all that to say, in this moment, Jesus is praying not only for the apostles, but for you, Tom, for Absolutely. me. For all of us that are coming thousands of years ahead of time. In this moment where he's, he should be doing anything other than that, Right. That's what's on his heart. That's what's on his mind. Mm-hmm. And so when I read this, I thought, man, you know, as Catholics, it's no secret that we don't, we don't, and I don't want anybody to get mad, but <laughs> traditionally we're not spending a ton of time in Scripture. We get our Scripture from the Magnificat or from Sunday Mass, but there's admittedly, and there's jokes by every presenter out there in the Catholic Church that we don't spend enough time in Scripture. Mm-hmm. This is what you find when you're in Scripture. Right. The answer is, does God care about me? Does right. God love me? Right. Jesus is praying everything. And if this is the same prayer, a different version of it, then he's sweating blood while he does this. Right. And that should erase all your doubts. Right. Ever. This, yeah. This is Jesus saying, I don't care about me. I care about you. And right. all I want, Father, is for you to take care of them. Yeah. Forget about me in this moment. I'm doing what you made me to do. But let them know this. And let every generation know this. Yeah. And Tom, I can't look at this and just say, like, how could I ever doubt that he loves me? How could anyone ever doubt that when you've looked at this? But that brings me to another point. Mm-hmm. We've got to spend more time in the gospel, and mm-hmm. we've got to spend time personalizing the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, we've probably read this a million times in the daily readings over the years. 
But how many times have we stopped to really say, he's speaking to me? Probably not he's many. He's talking to me. So what's your opinion on that? Like what we just talked about. Like what are your thoughts on this? Am I crazy for thinking this? Or is this something that you see as a valid point? I mean, something that we can easily miss if we're not paying attention to the gospel. No, I think you're spot on. I think uh, it should erase all doubt. I think um, I think you're right. We don't spend enough time in the gospel. Um, I think I think I do think Catholics get a bad rap for that. I think yeah. we spend more time than than people think. Then we get credit for, uh, but we do need to spend more time with it. I asked for an unopinionated opinionated sidekick <laughs> when I called that number. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I, it, it's I just I think that we we can fall into so many things in this world, like where we're just. We base our our worth and our our opinion of ourselves on so many things in the world, and not the right place, not yeah. the one that matters. And you know what? Somebody it's told easy to me do. right, and, and I was talking. The world and, is loud. Yeah, it is. It's hard to drown that out, and especially when there's one pure voice and there's a thousand that aren't. Oh, I know. Coming from everywhere, from everything, our social media, everywhere. But you know, one other friend of ours, Nick Roberts, was talking to me this morning about this, and he said, yeah. you know, one thing. One How's friend, he doing, by the way? He's doing well. Tell him he, I said hello. He didn't show up either. No. <laughs> I'll tell him you said hello. All right. But he, uh, one thing that he told me was Father Pugh, who you know passed away. But he Great told him priest. when he did a yeah, well, when he did a funeral for one of his friends that passed away, he said, you know, the thing when somebody takes their life, they forget is that they were loved for one second. Yeah. They forget about that. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to to bring this topic to light today because. It's so easy to say that, that nobody loves me out there, but the fact is Christ loves you. And he yeah. has, and you know, yesterday in the gospel readings for Sunday was the, the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And everybody always does a homily either on one son, the other, or both. Right. How we're both. Mm-hmm. But the thing that strikes me the most about that, about that reading, about that parable, mm-hmm. is this line. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. That's Luke 15, 20. Love that line. It is, because what is that? What is So if you're painting this picture, what does that elicit? That If he saw him from a long way off, that means he was looking for him. Exactly. And he never stopped looking for right. him. And the odds are the son didn't even see him see himself. Right. And his father came running to him right. before, the, before the son even saw it. Yeah. That, that's, Beautiful. That's what's amazing about that's it. What, is, that's what that other gospel is about. That's too. what this is, is that it, whenever you think that no one has their eyes on you, right. one always does, or one in three persons always does. Right. And that we can't forget that. We can't let ourselves become people that are driven by what others think of us or what we do or we don't have or what people would say about us. Our, our right. identity and our worth has to come from God. And when it doesn't, that's when we begin to doubt ourselves. That's right. That's when we begin to say, well, you know what? So-and-so said I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. and I'm not good enough. Or so-and-so said that, that you know, I, I, I'm divorced, so I'm a failed parent. I, and look, you may have half your life left. That's not your written story. Right. Your story continues to be written as you go. And so that's that's the important part of this. Like, if you don't understand where your worth comes from, you're never going, you're never going to do anything but doubt. Right. And so... You know, some of the things that we can do is, is, you know, like I said, we need to personalize the gospel. Mm-hmm. When we read it, if we don't do that, it becomes like a history book. Right. It becomes like anything else. I'm just going to read this story. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to go to Sunday and here's this other story again. And that's great. Somebody's going to, you know, give me their perspective on the story and I'm going to move along. Right. But if you don't start to realize that when Jesus healed the blind man mm-hmm. and you take that, what am I blind to in my life? What do I need to be healed that's keeping me from seeing God, from becoming the person I need to be? You know, when he heals a deaf person, what is it I'm not hearing Mm -hmm. that God wants me to hear? All of these different parables and these different 
stories, everything. You've got to look at the Bible. Is this is this is Jesus' is a love letter to you. Yep. Right? And he's saying, here's what I did in my life. And if you're smart, if you're paying enough attention, mm-hmm. this is this is what's going to happen in your life. This is what I want to show you. This is what I want to help you. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the gospel is when you can read, and the whole Bible actually, is you can read it a thousand times and where you are in your life, mm-hmm. it's going to speak to you differently. That's exactly right. You know, we're, I do these videos every day and they come around now, it's been a year. So I'm running up on some of the same gospels. I'm like, oh man, what am I going to say about this again? <laughs> like today, the centurion, you know, with the asking, and it's another good point about today's topic, but... The centurion says, you know, I don't need you to come under my roof. I, right. You know, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Just say the words. Right. Well, you know, easily we can say, well, this is about faith, right? And you got to have faith. And if you have faith, Jesus will do what he asks you to do. But to me, it's about being worthy, unworthy and worthy at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get a little confused, right? We say, well, I'm not worthy of the Lord. And you're absolutely right, right? We, we hurt God all the time, mm-hmm. every day. I've probably done it 10 times today. We, we do things, we sin, we're broken, and we hurt God. We offend God. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're worthy. And now you say, well, what does that mean? That that's just doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's up as I go. <laughs> but uh, I was hoping you were worthy enough to tell me. Apparently, you failed. <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm just a sidekick, dude. I know, I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to poke you and prod you here to start sidekicking it up. No, this is Victor's seat, man. It's a huge you. seat to fill. I hear you. Well, his mind palace is a very dense and, and, and open place. So I have a mind shack. Good He's luck got with a palace. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm beginning to realize that. No, but All right, now, the point study. That, <laughs> the point with the worthiness, the unworthiness of the worthiness is, yes, we are unworthy because we fail. We are we right. original sin. We We're are human. never going to be worthy. But we are worthy because God deems us so. Exactly. Because his love is enough for us, and he chooses to love us. And yes, the easy thing to point to with this would be, you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, mm-hmm. that whosoever should believe him would have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. And that's the easy point to go in this discussion. Well, Jesus died for me, so yeah, he loves me. I know that. Right. But do you? I mean, that's the thing. Like that's the question I hear when 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 the everyday person hears these things is do but, but do you? Yeah. Like you've been told that so many times in your life that it becomes like the Coca-Cola commercial, you know the jingle, but mm-hmm. are you really getting the message? No, I think it's a battle. Yeah. I know that's a rhetorical question, but I'm no, going to answer it anyway. Yeah, no, it's a yeah. battle. I mean, that gets back to what I was talking about earlier, how loud the world is, mm-hmm. how loud the devil is. The devil gets in your he- in your head with doubt, and, you know, you think he really loves you that much? You, yep. John? I, no, he doesn't love you. He loves your wife. Not you, though. Oh, yeah. And that's <laughs> it, you're exactly right. And then you start the comparison, right? It's right. the comparison of everyone else. Well, so-and-so does this better than me, or so-and-so does, does this better than me. Mm-hmm. And you and I have been friends for a while now, and when I've started doing all this, you know, I've, I've said those things to you. I'll never be Christophanic, or I'll never be Matt Pratt, or I'll never be Scott Hahn. And, and I'll never forget one day you said, well, you're not supposed to be. Right. You know, you said you're supposed to be the first John Edwards. Right, oh, man, like, that, in hindsight, that is profound. It may not have been you. I, I may be confused. It might have been Deacon. It's probably Deacon Jeff. He was just sitting by him. But no, like those yeah. are those are the things that that we've got to tell ourselves because like all this in the world right now it is so terrible. When you read the statistics of people taking their life, or the drug addiction, or the yeah. the porn addiction, and all of this, we're we're men and women that are searching for love. We're searching for worthiness. We're searching yeah. for something to say. I need you. I want you. I, I gotta have you. Our hearts are restless, right? Until they rest in Him, Saint Augustine. Thank you for right. that. And that's what it, I've got two quotes from him here. And he says, "God loves each of us as they were, as if as if there were only one of us." I know. And that's what we forget. We forget in all this stuff. The devil is such a good whisperer, and he he drowns out the love of God with these loud noises. It's to your point. Here's a question. Sure. Do you think everybody struggles with this topic? 
You think you think um, our bishop struggles with this? You think our priest struggles? Oh with yeah, it? definitely. Yeah. You just don't hear it, and we don't assume that because there's a there's a position associated with that. I think that's important for everybody to understand. Yeah, it is, and that's a good point. I'm glad Part you brought of being that human. up. It is, and, and and you know I have a lot of relationships with priests, and when you talk to them, you know, and it's some of the way that we receive them. We did an episode a couple episodes back on my father, and my brother. But we receive them as on this pedestal, and we put them up there. But they're human too. Right? They struggle with isolation. They struggle with loneliness. Yeah. They struggle. I guarantee you, when they get off of there, if they're being honest with you from a homily, mm-hmm. they're wondering, "Did I fail? Did I do a good oh, yeah. job?" No. Are people looking like they're interested? Are they, Lord, I blew this one again? Like I, I'm, I don't know why I'm a priest. I mean, yeah. I guarantee you, they hear the same thoughts. And that's why it's so important that we lift each other up. I, th- I think they're attacked more than us. Oh, they have to be because of the position they have. You can't have the Eucharist. You can't right. go to reconciliation. You can't have all these graces and these sacraments without them. Yeah. So it's 100%. And, and you know, I, I've had conversations with bishops that have shared that same thing too. Yeah. That have said that we need this as much as you guys do. Yeah. You know, and so the thing that I want out of this message, you know, this message for people to hear today is like, you got to get out of your own head. You got to get these voices under control. You you got to always remember, and it goes back to our episode from last week, priorities. Right. you got to put God first, and you got when you do that, then that allows for his love to spill out into everything that you're doing, the, the way that you treat yourself. And Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's the key. You, you, you're saying you got to. Really, all you got to do is just turn towards the Father, right. just like the prodigal son. Sure. And he's going to take it from there. That's right. Just turn to him. Because a lot of times we're looking, you're exactly right to your point, we're looking for God in front of us but we've forgotten we've turned our back on him right and he's on the other side we've got to rotate we've got to turn back well, around we're trying to find the solution ourselves right and it's not necessarily a solution we can come up with it's going yeah. to be confession or it's going to be just turning to him he'll, sure. he'll provide the solution or doing what jesus just did and pray that's right and just say and pray and that's the thing some of the most the, the things i've learned the most in the last couple of years i've been the way i pray like if i go in there and i'm praying lord do this for me and do that for me and this you know handle this or I've got my my go-to prayer where I bang it out, and then, okay, I I said my prayer for the day, check, Check. move on to the next (laughs) thing, you know, it's time to shower, check, you know, that. Yeah. Then then we're going to lose a lot of fruitfulness, and you're never going to hear that voice of God that's saying, like, I love you, I love you. The more we're doing for others, the more God is going to pour his love and his grace into us. Yeah. And it's going to fight these these whispers and these words from the devil and all these things that, that take us to a place of isolation and loneliness and and, you know, the guys that I've talked to, and I know several in my life that have survived, for instance, suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a guy I spoke to a few weeks ago. He said, I've tried to kill myself nine times. Mm. Can you imagine that? He didn't get into no. the details of how. Um, and I wasn't physically present with him, so there wasn't like there was any scars on the wrist yeah, or anything like that. You don't need but, to know. Right. But the fact that, like, man, after every single time, he still didn't get that God loves right. him and that that's enough. Yeah. Until the last time, and he finally... I just know that God's voice broke through the noise and said, go to confession. And he did. Yeah. And a priest told him, he's like, have you ever thought that God doesn't want you dead? Yeah. <laughs> and the guy like, I mean, we laughed at that, but the guy said that changed, that saved his life. Like yeah. right then and there he goes, well, if God doesn't want me dead, then there must be some purpose for that. Right. And now I need to go ask him. And yeah. that prayer changes. Right. And we yeah. go to, we go and say, father, what do you need from me? Right. Father, I know you love me. What is it that you want me to do? Yeah, you're spending time with him trying to figure that out. Right. Trying and, to hear it. Right, and so then, when the more we grow, the more we start to understand it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, you know. Yeah. And and it's easy to say that and say I don't care what anybody thinks, but God. Yeah. And a lot of times that's a cop out because people aren't there and they're just saying that to try to make themselves feel better. Yeah. But when you do get to that point, and there's a point you can get to with that, mm-hmm. when that becomes enough, the noise of the world gets turned down. 
because the devil knows that he can't he can't jack with you like he used to, right? right. Like he's just well, Tom's told people about that, so I can't tug on that string, and yeah. I you know, or Tom's come to grips with this, or the Lord's told him that he loves him through that, so I can't pull on that chain. Yeah, and so he starts walking off and looking for somebody else. Yeah, and so that's the point we got to get to is is this relationship with God and really understanding these powerful points in the gospel where 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 Jesus and God are telling us over and over again, I love you, the the, the prodigal son, this prayer of, of Jesus in the garden when he should have been doing anything else other than praying for you and me. So what's the process you did? What, what do you do to, to do? grow? Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. So right. what, you, you go through a process. You go through a daily or weekly or some kind of process right. to where you're growing in that relationship with God, mm-hmm. with our Father. Sure. What's your process? Well, for the most part, I spend as much time as I can in prayer. And it starts yeah. with the first part of the day. Yeah. And I know that people are like, oh, man, I heard this five, five other podcasts. But it's the truth. Yeah. Like, I, if I don't start my day with the Lord in prayer or at Mass, either mm-hmm. one or both, mm-hmm. then my day's shot. I'm not the same person. I'm not just because I haven't. I haven't given the day to him. Right. And then if you're not giving it to him, who are you giving it to? Yourself yeah. and to the devil. Mm-hmm. And those are two people you don't want in charge of your life. I can tell you that much. No. I could, <laughs> from a lot of scars <laughs> and wounds on this side of the table, you right. don't want that. But I do that. And then also when I'm struggling and when I, when I have these doubts, like I'm the person, and you and I have talked about this too in private. You've seen me and going, dude, what is the matter with you? You're wrecked. Yeah. And a lot of times it's because I beat the crap out of myself all day long in my head. Yeah. So what I've learned to do in maturing a little bit about that and learning from those mistakes are when I start to hear these negative voices to respond, even if I don't believe them, and give it to Jesus. Jesus, I know that I'm not a low-life piece of you-know-what. Right. I know that. I know I'm a beloved son and you love me. You know, I know that I'm not a liar, that I try. I do my best to tell the truth. And sometimes I fall, but I, but I speak the truth and I know that you love me. Right. And so every time I've tried to practice when that mess starts, Devil, I know what you're doing, and I'm not falling for it today. Yeah, I'm talking to the Father, and I'm going to let Him give me that truth. I've left arguments with my wife because I know where they were going, and I've driven right over to this Adoration Chapel, you know, 200 yards from where we are, and I've let God tell me He loves me. Yeah, because if you start listening to their voices, you're going to wreck everything around you. Yeah, not just you, but your relationship with your wife and your kids and with your friends, even if it's just for that moment. Yeah, you know, words don't go away, and I've said a lot in my life. I wish I could take back. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, that's that's what I do is I, I try to stay in prayer. I go to the gospel every day. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like that has been the one thing coming from being a Protestant that opens so many people's eyes. And that's why I said that about Catholics not reading the Bible. I hope I didn't offend anybody. You offended me, Jim. But I, Well, I'm not really worried Dang about it. that. Come you're, on, man. you're getting paid by the minute over here. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, honestly, just it. I've given talks where, where men that are 70 years old that are Catholic walk up and they say, where did you find that? Yeah. Where do you see that? Mm-hmm. Like, where, when did God, like, what book did you read that in? And I'm yeah. like, the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being a smart aleck here, but that's that's it. Like, this is God's way of saying, you, look, I'm not going to come out and there's not going to be a bush catch on fire and, and you and I are going to have a 30-minute conversation. <laughs> right. It's just not happening anymore. <laughs> it's not the same time. Right. But now, you want to talk to me? Talk to me in my word. Because I got everything you're ever going to need to know in your life right there. Yeah. And you just got to spend time in it. So that's what I personally do is okay. just try to stay grounded in prayer um, to, to know that that spiritual warfare battleground is right there between your eyes yeah. and you're in control of those thoughts just like you are in control of any other thing you do in your life. I'm sure you have a laundry list of things to, to advise people on out there <laughs> with. I was just curious to hear what you had to say. Yeah, I mean, that's... I that's, know you go to Mass a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. It's doing the things that offset the negativity. I've tried the Matthew Kelly idea, which is just to spend 10 minutes a day with God, either in adoration or in front of the tabernacle. Yeah. Man, that is a life changer. It is. 
do it. It is so simple, so easy. Getting a suntan. Yeah, That's what it exactly, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you, if you go just for you know a week or two, all of a sudden you come out of there and it's like your whole life is different. Right. So I recommend that. Oh, well, I do too. It's easy for me to say. There you go. Rugged. I sound like Scooby doing that. That's awesome. Man, you're making me laugh. Sorry. But uh, no, away, it's the, the other thing I would say we got to do is we got to realize we're not the sum of our mistakes. Right. That's the main thing. We get caught up in those and those pile up and those are easy to just go down that rabbit hole is I did this. So I'm that I did this. So I'm that I did this. And then, you know, you know, two weeks later, you're, you're looking at that closet with that gun or whatever else that people have dealt with. And you say, you know what, maybe it's better if I'm not here. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in the world that deal with that. Yeah. And it's because they doubt their worth and they doubt that they're loved and, and like the, the Father Pew said, for that one moment, they forget that they're loved. And and that was what I wanted to be the point of the show, was just to remind people that no matter what you feel like in your life, if you've gone through a divorce, if you're if you're you know a guy that's, that's maybe up in age a little bit and you're single and you feel like there's just nobody out there for you, and any of these situations, that you always have one person you really do. that's there for you. You really do. And if you can give everything to him, if you could surrender and you could just trust in the fact that he loves you and spend time. Like, I, if there's anything anybody takes away from this podcast today, go and read John chapter 17 yep. and read it again and read it from the point of Jesus is having a conversation with you. Right. Or the Father, and you're sitting there on the fly on the wall and you realize that he's talking about yeah, you. Specifically you. Yeah. That's what we've got to do is say that every time I read the Bible, there's something that I'm being talked to about, whether I'm the Pharisee or I'm the apostle or I'm the guy in the future that he talks about today. I pray for those that will come after. Mm -hmm. Jesus is always trying to tell me something. And when we receive it in that way, That's right. your life's going to change and you're going to you're going to start to find answers to these problems that seem like they're insurmountable yeah. and overwhelming. So, you know, guys, we've said a lot today about these things. You know, here's another quote from St. Augustine. He says to, to here towards the end of the show, says, do you desire security? Here you have it. The Lord says to you, I will never abandon you. I will always be with you. If you're a good man, if a good man made you such a promise, you would trust him. God makes it, and do you doubt? Do you seek a support more sure than the word of God, which is infallible? Surely he has made this promise, he has written it, and he has pledged his word for it. It is most certain. So what he's telling you is, one, like we said, go to the Word. Mm -hmm. He's written it. He said it. Take his word for it. Amen. So Thomas P. Dorian, thank Thanks you for, for joining me, me today. Thank you. Thank I'll you. Uh, give you a better business rating of A on you're, the sidekick. You're a good man. This. You're a good man. You're doing good. <laughs> and I'm even going to say your line. Awesome. All you saints and future saints, we're going to close in prayer. So if you're doubting, just, just go to God and always know that he loves you. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, doubt is a favorite tool of the evil one. He loves to use it to make a second guess our worth and your love of us. Help us to remember that you are always in our corner, even when it appears no one else is. And Father, while we may doubt many things, may our worth to you never be one of them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.